All right, let's go hour number two on a Thursday. Welcome to December. It will start with a big basketball game for Texas tonight. A top seven matchup if you need it. Texas and Creighton should be a, uh, a great matchup. We'll see if the Longhorns can stand up to an experienced team. They know who their starting five is, and they can certainly shoot threes. We talked about that. Um, we'll get some more thoughts on it from Jeff Howe coming up. That remind you, that is a 5.30 pregame. Like Chris Beard's been telling you, get out of work early maybe, depending on what your hours are. 6 o'clock tip, Texas and Creighton. And speaking of our man Jeff Howe, Jeff, Rod, Matt with the Longhorn Blitz podcast. We normally get you a replay on Thursday nights. We'll just need to push that back a little bit. About 9 o'clock tonight on that replay. But you can also you can always access the Longhorn Blitz podcast by going to horns247.com, grabbing it wherever you get your podcast. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and talk to Jeff Howe, horns 247 com that Longhorn Blitz podcast, of course, and Like the Tower, 10 to noon every day with Craig and Snoop, and Jeff will be there tonight at the Moody Center. Jeff, how excited are you for this matchup tonight? Not as excited as I am for uh, the fact that Snoop just sent me on Twitter, just tagged me in the trailer for Cocaine Bear. I think I'm more excited about that than the basketball game, to be honest. Co- Yo, that movie looks nuts, Jeff. What's Cocaine Bear? What is that? A bear escapes. Basically like the bear. It's the bear version of Snakes on a Plane, Chad, is what it looks like, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. Wow, that sounds like the best, worst movie that may have ever been made. Yeah, bear escapes in the woods somewhere, finds cocaine. Takes some cocaine and then attacks everybody. Wow! And then he's on a he's on a he's on a coke he's on a coke rampage. <laughs> so so simple yet so brilliant. Um, Jeff, before we get into some other things, let's start with the politics of the Big Twelve. I heard you guys discussing the All Big Twelve team today, and for people that don't know, there are four Longhorns on that. Uh, on that first team, Bijan Robinson, no shock. Jatavian Sanders on offense as well. And then Jalen Ford and DeMarvion Overshone on defense. Uh, a couple guys on the second team as well. But uh, defensive player of the year in the Big 12 is something that I know a lot of Longhorn fans <clears throat> were assuming that their guy Jalen Ford had locked up. But Felix and Udike Uzoma from Kansas State got the defensive player of the year. Your thoughts? Uh, I didn't even think he was the best defensive lineman in the Big 12. I mean, I you know, the, the games I watched K-State and then the game against Texas, uh, he didn't really make that much of an impact. You know, honestly, every time I watched Texas Tech, I saw Tyree Wilson making plays. And you look at Tyree Wilson's numbers, seven sacks, 14 tackles for loss, and that's only in 10 games. He, there were two games he didn't play in because of an injury. So I didn't even feel like Felix, with all due respect, I didn't even think he was the best li- defensive lineman in the Big 12 this year. And Craig brought up a really interesting point. Um, that I honestly didn't think about. The coaches vote on these awards. So it's basically the, the nine, you know, Sark can't vote for any of his guys, so it's the nine other coaches voting mm. potentially for Texas guys. Uh, is this kind of like the coaches poll where the coach passes it off to, you know, an SID or somebody else, and then it's just looking at, at numbers or whatever, whatever the criteria is. There's no set criteria for these awards. Uh, you look at Jalen Ford's numbers, the 10 tackles for loss, four interceptions, uh, just the impact plays that he made. I don't think there was a defensive player more valuable to his team in the Big 12 than Jalen Ford was this year. But when the votes were casted, do you just look at the two teams in the championship game? I don't think it's any coincidence that that's where your offensive and defensive player of the year come from. 
and just say, hey, who is the best? Uh, well, Max Duggan's a no-brainer for offense, and then uh, pick a defensive player. All right, it's uh, it's Felix, and just just go from there. So I don't I don't buy into the uh, conspiracy theories, Chad, as much as I do. It was probably just laziness, oversight, or laziness on the part of the coaches or whoever may have been submitting said ballot for the coaches. Yeah, Jeff, I haven't seen a hose job like this since the Grammys gave Macklemore Best Rap Album of the Year. <laughs> like, that's this is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, but another... That ain't right. That ain't right <laughs> it's not. It's not at all. Another hose job that we saw with the Texas Longhorns is Jade Barron making honorable mention. Like, are we serious? I thought he was first team, yet alone second team. Honorable mention. The guy was terrific this year. Definitely the best secondary player, in my opinion. Uh, 11, your nickelback had 11 tackles for loss this year. Think about that. <laughs> he plays nickel. He had 11 tackles for loss. Um, yeah, that's one that I, whew, I don't, I don't get that one at all. I don't know how you could have watched Texas this year and not felt like he was one of the best eight defensive backs in this conference this year. Yeah, that's yo that move that he put on. The tackle, whatever, I don't know if it was a tight end before he got the sack. That was so impressive, Jeff. Yeah, he, if you look at, I mean, I think he had three and a half of those TFLs in the TCU game. I mean, they they completely shut TCU's perimeter game down. Like, yeah, I, we talked about it. Going into that game, you know, I looked at some pro football focused, pro, pro football focused stuff. Tay Barber and Darius Davis, I forget the order, but they were 1-2 in the Big 12 in yards after the catch per reception. And... I think at the end of that game, I want to say those two were combined. I think it was six catches for minus four yards between the two in that game. And, again, that was the game where Jade Barron had three and a half tackles for loss. So, yeah, between that, his coverage ability, he had a fumble return for a touchdown in that game. Um, you'd have a really, you're going to have a really hard time convincing me there are eight defensive backs in this conference better than him. Anything else snub-wise uh, from a Longhorn perspective? I know those were the big ones that everybody was talking about. Anything else jump out to you? Uh, you can make a really good case, a, a, a damn good case, for Kelvin Banks being a first-team offensive lineman. Uh, you know, you figure when you've got the conference's leading rusher, you've got a guy that's obviously got some votes for Offensive Player of the Year in Bijan that, you know, hey, somebody on that offensive line had to do something right. Uh, you know, you'd figure Kelvin Banks would have gotten a first-team mention, so... You can make a case for there. Other than that, the, but the two we touched on yeah. is Jalen Ford for Defensive Player of the Year, and then Jaday Barrett. Like he had to at least been a second team guy for me. Gotcha. And for the record, uh, Banks did make the second team if people missed it, along with Xavier Worthy. And on defense, Keandre Coburn made uh, made second team as well. All right, so uh, Jeff, uh, let's go to tonight at the Moody Center. What jumps out to you when we say Texas and Creighton? How uh, how good I think Creighton is offensively, just their ability to spread the floor. Now, I was thinking about the matchup with the Texas Bigs and Kalkbrenner, and, and the Texas Bigs—they've had you know this group has had. You look at their last you know handful of games, even going back to last year. They've had some really good matchups with Biggs. I mean, they went toe to toe with Zach Eady and Purdue last year in the NCAA tournament. I call Brenner's a different animal than, than Eady. Eady's really low post guy, back to the basket. Don't let him catch it too close to the rim. 
Uh, Trockmeyer can spread the floor a little bit. Now, he doesn't take a ton of threes, uh, actually very few, but he can step out. He showed that in the Maui against Arizona. He can step out and hit that if, if left unguarded. So uh, just his ability to spread the floor, and then they've got, you know, three or four guards that are really, really good. Um, I, I just liked what they did uh, watching. You know, Baylor Shireman, I think, I, I, I watching the second half of that Arizona game, I don't know if he missed from three. I'm sure he did at some point, but it seemed like every time they needed a big shot to get him back in the game, he was the guy that did it. So uh, the guard matchup in this one is going to be really intriguing, but how, what does Texas do to handle Cogburn, especially because he's a guy, like I said, that can step away from the basket and help you spread the floor a little bit. That's that's what I've got my eye on tonight in terms of kind of the X's and O's stuff. You know, Jeff, it's so hard to nitpick with this Texas basketball team because they've been so good this season from the Arkansas exhibition game to how they handled Gonzaga. But Timmy Allen, he seems like he hasn't found his rhythm yet in year two under Chris Beard. I don't know if that's just they're playing more up-tempo or maybe now with Tyrese uh, uh, Hunter and Serge Abari Rice coming in the mix and those guys up in their scoring. I, I don't know, but kind of like what Chad asked me earlier, are you more concerned with Timmy Allen's production right now or are you happy with him not really producing much and this team still thriving? Well, I think it's twofold, Zay. I think on one hand, you know, you can look at his rebounding numbers, his assist numbers. He, he's getting production elsewhere. I know, I know the turnover numbers are really high. I know the shooting percentage isn't great. I know his points per game are way down. But he can do so many other things that impact the game that he, he can still impact the game without scoring. I think that's part of it. I think, too, uh, what you mentioned about the guards, I mean, when you add Jabari Rice and Tyrese Hunter, uh, the ball's just not in his hands as much as it was last year, and it's not going to be. You know, there were a lot of times last year, and Chris Beard talked about this openly, there were times, especially in conference play, the offense was running through Timmy Allen. It wasn't Marcus Carr, Corby Reamer, or Andrew Jones. They were running everything through Timmy Allen. Obviously, when you had a guy like Tyrese Hunter, you don't need to do that anymore. So I think that's a byproduct of the fact that you've got some really good ball-handling guards, guys that can get their own shot. Uh, now, especially now with Marcus Carr playing off the ball, which we talked about that ad nauseum. I just like him better there for a lot of different reasons. But I think that's what it goes back to today. I just think he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as he did last year. And, you know, other than maybe some kind of opponent-specific deal where you want to switch it up, he's not going to, the offense isn't going to run through him this year like it did last year. Talking with Jeff Howe, Horns247.com for all your Longhorn stuff. Check him out on Twitter at JeffHowe247. If you want to get your follows together, he will be there at the Moody Center tonight. Jeff, everything came together so perfectly for Texas against Gonzaga. In terms of that atmosphere tonight and the way it comes together, the fact that it's a 6 o'clock tip, do you expect things to back off a little bit, or do you think a standard was set against Gonzaga? Uh, I think it might be. I think the 6 o'clock tip might impact things a little bit. But I'll tell you what, the corral makes a, a huge difference. Uh, and that's just something Texas hasn't had. Uh, that student section, they deserve props. I mean, even the, the Houston Christian game and the UTEP game, uh, they were loud and they were rowdy. Uh, they were loud and rowdy at Gregory Gym all, on Saturday. So uh, while the uh, you know there might be a late-arriving crowd because good luck trying to get anywhere in this town and – in a decent amount of time in rush hour traffic, but uh, the students will be there, and they—that's where you start building your home court advantage. Chris Beard knows that, and you know that was why they made a big push uh, to make the seating in that in that arena what it is, with the the students kind of in that horseshoe occupying three quarters of the seats 
down along the court. So I, I, just, I just think, yeah, it could be in the stands pushed back in the actual seats. It could be uh, a little bit tempered to start. But, no, the, the students are going to make that a really difficult place to play. That's, that's by far been the best thing about this new arena. Jeff, one player that's really stood out is Serge Abari Rice. I mean, his game against uh, UTRGV was terrific. He's been excellent this season. He reminds me so much of Royal Ivy where, it, you know, he's not going to bitch or complain about his touches. He's going to lock up on D. He'll do whatever it takes to win, dive on the floor, etc. And he might have one of the best pump fakes I've ever seen. Me and T- Patrick Davis, we rave about it all the time. His pump fake is absolutely beautiful reminds me of Manu back in the day what have you seen in him this season just bringing a little extra something to Texas that they definitely didn't have last year he's got a very old school game Zay you know he'll he'll pump fake and he'll pump fake and put it on the deck and then pull up and take that jumper from the elbow you'll see a lot of guys doing that I mean I know there's a lot of analytics and numbers that'll tell you uh, the mid-range game it's not worth it but I just love kind of his old school feel for the game And, and I think too you know, something I talked about on, on like the tower this morning, and it's been kind of a big topic for me. It's been top of mind for me. It's just the poise this team plays with, and I think he's got a lot to do with that. I mean, you think about it, that New Mexico State program under Christians is a really good program. They won a game in the NCAA tournament last year, and it's not like that whole team was just Teddy Allen. I mean, Jabari Rice, three years in a row, was an all-conference player for them, and they won conference championships, and he's been in the NCAA tournament. It's a guy that just impacts winning in a positive way. I think that's that's what you get from Jabari Rice. They, I think, you know, regardless of how many minutes he plays, uh, you're going to look up. Now, there are going to be games like Saturday where maybe he gives you 15 to 20, but I think most nights you're going to look up, and Jabari Rice, he'll have, you know, 8 to 12 points, about four, four to six rebounds, uh, two to four assists, a couple of steals, play really good defense, and you say, man, they felt like that guy was all over the court. I just think his energy, his intuition, and again, just that fun old-school game, the hard, uh, that kind of blue-collar mentality he plays with. I, he's, he's my, of all the guys on the team, Dylan Mitchell, there's some exciting guys on this team. For me, just as a, a basketball fan watching this team, he's by far to me the most, the, the, the most fun guy to watch on this team. Yeah, I agree with you right there, Jeff. Now let's get back to football real quick. Bijan Robinson is up for the Doak Walker Award, and in my opinion, I feel like he should take it without any questions asked. But when you look at those other two guys' stats, especially Chase Brown, who has 70 more carries than Bijan this year, it makes you think this guy could have gotten those carries sometime maybe in the Oklahoma State game in the second half or maybe in that TCU game where he only had 12. Like there's, there were carries on the table, and that's kind of what's frustrating with this team sitting at 8-4 and four and losing all the close games they did is because you got guys like Chase Brown who got it 300 sometimes. You could have ran the ball Bijan more, and maybe your record would be different. Yeah, I went back and looked at some of his numbers. You know, his freshman year, he set the school record for single-season yards per carry at 8.2. And he did it on 86 carries. Uh. And it's like, you know, he had almost 800 yards. And he only he only ran the ball 86 times. Um, and that whole deal we go back to, maybe Tom Herman still has a job at Texas if he had just given Bijan the rock more. But I'll tell you what, Zay, that the stat that Texas should be pushing, and, and you know, the, I know the votes are in, but the stat that that, that you know, Sports Information Department can really uphold when you do graphics and stuff like that. 
Ricky Williams had one of those. A lot of Ricky's records seem unbreakable, but Ricky's got the school record for career yards per rushing attempt at 6.2. Bijan's currently at 6.3, so if he doesn't play in the bowl game, if he really is done, then he's going to leave Texas as the school record holder in career yards per carry. And you think about the ground that covers with the guys that have played that position at that place. Uh, that made, There's a lot of impressive things he's done, but when you break a career record Ricky Williams set, that to me speaks more than, than just about anything you can put on a resume. Talking with Jeff Howe, Horns247.com. Also, if you listen to Light the Tower, you know they talk a little bit of high school football and coming up in the next couple weeks as we get to all-flex finalists and all-flex, the first-ever all-flex team. We'll definitely be hearing more from Jeff on that. Jeff, do you have a pick for Vandegrift Dripping Springs? They and I have been trying to figure out all week uh, which way to lean on that one. You got a thought? I think I'm leaning Vandegrift just because I, I don't, you know, the, the tough to beat a team twice in the same year type deal. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when in doubt, and uh, this is no shot at Brady Buchanan, when in doubt, go with the better quarterback. And when you got Austin Novosad playing it, I'll, I'll go, I'll go with Drip in a very, very close game. Oh, you're just giving ammo to number five <laughs> in black and silver. They're going to send that message to him. You see, they're talking about the other guy. They can't stop talking about the other guy. Oh, they'll take it and run. And we with love Vandergrift. We had, we had Coach Sanders. We had Coach Sanders on the show today. We love. Yeah. Man, it's going to be a great game. I, I like both of those teams. Both those quarterbacks showed up, and they, they weren't even near their best in that first game. Every, if, if everybody is healthy and ready to roll tomorrow night and the weather's decent, my God, it could be a show. And considering how good both those teams are, at the, uh, I asked Coach Sanders about this today, and he kind of agreed with my point. Uh, if you're just a fan of old-school line of scrimmage football, this is going to be a really, really good line of scrimmage game. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. That I is Jeff Howe. That's Jeff Howe. Check out Horns247.com, the Longhorn Blitz podcast. Get you that replay tonight late after the basketball game, so about 9 o'clock tonight. You can grab it wherever you get your podcast as well. And check out Light the Tower at 10 a.m. in the morning and every weekday, 10 to noon. Jeff, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy the Moody Center tonight. Let's hope it's the same kind of result, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. I love you guys, but I'm glad we're done so now I can go watch the Cocaine Bear trailer in peace. <laughs> Enjoy. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a, I didn't even ask what kind of bear it was. I guess I need I to go grizzly. watch. Okay. I need to go watch the trailer, apparently. All right. Uh, thanks to Jeff for his time. Up next, more on that matchup with Vandegrift and Dripping Springs. Also, we'll get you updated on the all-flex team. It is coming. Had a big meeting last night. We'll tell you a little bit about that. Things did get a little exciting. There were a lot of passion uh, about these players, but that's what it's supposed to be like. We'll set that up for you coming up. Brian Jones of CBS Sports at 2.05. And coming up at 1.45, where are we at in society? Isaiah Collier is going to let you know. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Uh-huh. Turn it up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. This is gonna be one where I know the song, 
not sure if I know the artist. This is Motorhead's song, Iron Fist, but it is being covered by someone. Um... All right. Um, if I'm getting chased by Cocaine Bear, I want this in the background. <laughs> this would help you. <laughs> this would help you. I have no super educated guess here, so I'm going to say, I don't know, Rammstein? I don't know. Sodom? Sodom? S-O-D-O-M. I have no idea. Oh, Sodom. S-O-D-O-M. Like Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, Sodom, all right. Like Sodom. Yeah, okay. Is that how you spell the, like, Sodom and Gomorrah? Is that how you spell Sodom? Like the Sure. Si- the city? The famous... Uh, city of. So you don't know this band? City of Sin. I do not know this band. Whoa! I know the song. I know the song. It's a legendary Motorhead song. I knew it was Iron Fist right away. As soon as it fired up, I'm like, oh, it sounds like Iron Fist. But it doesn't sound like Lemmy and Motorhead. It sounds like somebody. It's a good cover. It's a really nice cover of uh, of Iron Fist. There. It's a good Motorhead tune. Uh, rest in peace to Lemmy. That's just that's just sad. Thinking about that. Missing Lemmy. Christine McVie yesterday for Fleetwood Mac. All these musicians going. We can't have that. Can't have it. I'll stop talking because y'all blame me for all the rest of them that die. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sodom, Fleetwood Mac, the police have all been on the show today. We appreciate, uh, Zay, for all the great music. There's more coming. There's a great beat coming to start the third hour. I guarantee you we have it each and every day. Zay's got Where We At in Society coming up at 145. Any previews of that? You haven't told me anything for today. Um, NFL pettiness. That's all I got. NFL pettiness. I do enjoy NFL pettiness um can i like guess slash hope for maybe a kyler murray yeah yay all right (laughs) i do love kyler murray pettiness i'm enjoying watching hard knocks in season colt mccoy got a lot of love the last two weeks he did yeah he did he had a tough go in that mexico game against the 49ers that was brutal but yeah i've i like the love they show colt in this show they didn't even blame it on him no. Hey, Cliff Kingsbury sitting next to him and be like, yeah, that throw was perfect. That throw was perfect. Hey, well, sometimes it happens. Yeah. Keep your a, head up. This is a good effing team. Yeah. That's what Cliff was saying. How about that? Good ball club. Yeah. So uh, we got a lot coming uh, for you. Two o'clock, it is Brian Jones of CBS Sports. And remember, they've got the SEC title game for you on Saturday. Now a little less steam in it after LSU stumbled, but... They can still give us an entertaining game, maybe, if they jump up and bite Georgia. Georgia LSU, 3 o'clock on uh, CBS, and we'll talk to Brian coming up at 2.05. We'll get you that interview. Right now, though, let's get you a flex segment. We got the all-flex team coming. We got playoff games coming as well. Let's hit it. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. All right. Uh, big playoff matchups coming up, including Saturday afternoon, Westlake trying to continue. Is it 55 wins in a row now? Going for 56? What you asking me for? Do I have that? Are no, you trying to make my life horrible? No, I'm not trying to make it horrible. It's that's just like you know, you, very disrespectful for you to ask me that. I'm just saying, you know, you you're standing up for Sam Ellinger and other other Westlake folks. That's and, different. Okay, so they've won fifty something. Fifty something. They're trying to win another game, and uh, about a week or so ago, Zay and I were talking about it because we've asked you guys. Uh, to you know, let us know the players in the area that, that you think we should be looking at for the all-flex team and games and matchups and all this kind of stuff. And then we've gotten a lot of great reaction 
throughout the season. Well, a week or so ago, there was this name that kept popping up, and Zay's like, hey, have you seen this guy talking to us about Westlake football? Have you seen this guy at Westlake football? Last night, we were going through some stuff, and I was going through a roster, and I went, wait a second, I think I recognize that name. So I got to give a shout-out to our man Wyatt Dollar, because not only is Wyatt Dollar interested, an interested listener, Shout not out to Wyatt, is, man. Not only is he interested in high school football, Zay, but you pull up his Twitter. Hey, Wyatt ain't hiding from nothing. <laughs> At Wyatt one follows me, and he says it says uh, as the label 2023-61-245, all-state defensive lineman, Westlake High School, two-time state champion, <laughs> 3.8 GPA, NCAA ID. Oh, he puts the ID in there. The, oh, he's got the, the huddle video link in there from Westlake. So shout out to you, Wyatt. I believe Wyatt is big number 92 on that defense, and it's three or four sacks he's got on the year, if I saw those stats correctly. So he's one of those defensive linemen for Westlake. So when I was asking myself, what does this guy know about Westlake football? He knows a little bit. Yeah. He knows a little bit. Yeah, definitely knows a little bit. Hit me up, too. Said, Zay. Come on, how are you not talking about the dynasty that we have going on in West Austin? Are we really not talking about him enough? <laughs> People, to, Come on, man. No, I, I feel him. I, I think with how good they are and how much talent they have all around, all the players, I know he's probably like, yo, we got some guys that they haven't even mentioned that's helped us win games and yeah. win championships. So I feel him. These are his homeboys. These are his friends. I feel him. And I feel him going to bat for those guys and his team and his coach and his school. I, I Even though I give Westlake a lot of crap, I respect that. I yeah. respect what Wyatt did in okay. this both up. Showing love to his teammates, saying, y'all don't talk about us enough because we're a squad. We've won 50-something games. Uh, I don't hear Art's long stappers name enough, which we'll get to those guys. We'll get to those guys. But uh-huh. just things like that. And talk about everybody. So yeah. I, feel, I hear what you're saying, Wyatt. I like it. I, I like it. it. So, Wyatt, we're glad you're listening. And if you or any of your teammates need to let us know about all those unsung heroes and some names you need us to throw out on air and stuff like that, as y'all are trying to get that uh, next state title, you go ahead and let us know because it is a unique thing to have you know a class like what Colton Vosick's group is trying to pull off to get through all the high school and you win a state title. Every single year, and you didn't lose a game. I guess the last game they lost was, is it 2018 or 19, somewhere in there? But I mean, you're going to go through your whole high school career and you're going to win a title every year if they can finish this off. Yeah, I feel like we're running out of superlatives to talk with this Westlake yeah. football team. It's absolutely ridiculous. And yeah, these guys just, all the credentials and jewelry that they're getting and all the medals and rings and yeah these guys have trophy rooms out the yin yang at their cribs yeah oh there's no doubt uh and by the way just in case you in case you need a little something Wyatt to make you feel better how about this every week on light the tower with Craig and Jeff and Snoop not that the rest of us don't talk some high school sports but that's our high school show of record we always say because those guys get after it they have coaches on every week only one of them comes live in studio every week, <laughs> and it's Salazar. Yeah. It's the coach of the Westlake Chaparrales who takes the long, long journey across 360 to come see the fellas and sit and talk football, and they're always excited about it. So there you go. Yeah, coach pulls up in a limousine looking clean <laughs> and whatnot, and you know we have a red carpet for him because, you know, Westlake, that's what they deserve. They deserve the best type thing. Now, he hasn't told us yet. <laughs> That he see he has a choice just like Hakeem did. If he doesn't want the rose petal girls, he needs to let us know that because we do have rose petals 
that come from roses that were grown over in the Westlake Horticulture Department. <laughs> Which are these rose petals? They are specific rose petals, and they're specifically like designed, scientifically designed to be Westlake red, the perfect Westlake red. So if he doesn't want those, he needs to let us know. We have to clean that up every week. It's a, it's a tedious. I gotta take my buoy shots, man. The tedious process. Gosh, you know how hard they made life for me. Like, think about all the sleepless nights my dad had preparing for guys like Chris Mim and Luke Axel and yeah. Brad Buckman. See, that's why it haunts you because it affected your home life. Yeah, it affected my home life because when they lost, all that anger came back down mm. to me. Right. You were just trying, like, if. If the game with Westlake was coming up and you happen to get like a, you know. 75 on a test. Right. You, that 75 looks more like a 65 when you lose to Westlake that week. You got lit up <laughs> for that one. That's like, not fair. Dad, I'm not the one trying to front Chris Mim. I'm not the one late to the double teams on Luke Axel. Like, I'm, I have nothing to do with this. These guys, wait till I get in, uh, my opportunity to play. I'm looking at my son. All I can see is Luke Axel. <laughs> All I can see is Mim down low. Oh, my God. What's going on? All right, so shout out to Westlake. They're one of the teams obviously trying to advance in the playoffs this week. That is Saturday. Tomorrow night is Vandergriff and Dripping Springs. We've been talking about that one. Both coaches were on air with us today on the station. The Dripping Springs coach was on with Bucky and Aaron this morning, and Drew Sanders of Vandergriff was on with Craig and Jeff and Snoop. So go check that out at hornfm.com. You can also go to hornfm.com or flxatx.com for the full layout of how we'll do finalists and the all-flex team coming up next Tuesday. It is finalist day where the finalists will be announced. We're talking all positions. Zay, did you say deep snapper? Did yeah. you mention deep snapper? Yep, deep snapper. Now that's deep. Oh, we're going deep. That is deep. Okay, specialists will be involved as well. Uh, so remember, flex ATX on your social media. If there's a name out there that you think we might have missed, go ahead and let us know on that one. So Tuesday, the 6th, is going to be finalist day, and it'll start with Bucky and Aaron in the morning. They will be announcing the finalists for running back and quarterback during their show, and uh, the, the other shows will have uh, different positions they'll be dealing with. We'll keep you updated on that as we go along. Real quick before this break, Zay, I pulled up the article about the new expanded college football playoff. Yeah. So we were right about everything. The quarterfinals are going to be at bowl sites for these first two years. Uh, in, for example, the first year, Fiesta, Peach, Rose, and Sugar are the quarterfinals. Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl are the semis and then they'll switch them out the next year. But how about this weird detail? It says the first round in 2024 takes place the week ending in Saturday, December 21st. That kind of gives you an idea. So that feels like it's maybe there'll be a week off between championship and even those first games, possibly. This says at either the home field of the higher-seeded team or at another site designated by the higher-seeded institution. 12 at 5, 11 at 6, so on and so forth, as we talked about. So basically saying they could pick? They could choose. I never would have thought of that option. So if I am, let's take this list right now. If I am, who would it be? Ohio State. If I didn't want to do the horseshoe and I wanted to go Lucas Oil, I could see if it's available and make him come play me there. Uh, if I'm, let's see, Bama would want it to be at home. Tennessee would want Knoxville. Why wouldn't Penn State want Happy Valley? 
I don't know. I don't know why yeah, you Happy want... Valley, December, nighttime. Right. Why wouldn't they want to drag you out there? Yeah. But if there's a reason to go somewhere else, I guess you get that choice. So, I don't know if it was available. If I'm, let's say, USC. What if USC gets in a situation? Would USC want to bring somebody to either the Rose Bowl or the Niners Stadium? They or the Coliseum? Go, they wouldn't go Rose Bowl because that's their rival stadium. Would they want to go to San Francisco Stadium more than play at home? That's, yes. a, that's a weird option. Yeah, maybe SoFi. Or, okay, how about a guy like Sonny Dykes? Sonny Dykes doesn't have a ton of seats at his home place, but Jerry World's got more. He would have the choice, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. That's a weird idea. So uh, just a little detail that I, I I'm saw. I'm Sonny Dykes. I get real gully, and we go cotton bowl. How about that? No, if you're Sonny Dykes and you get crazy, you go to SMU's home field. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you go play that one. Just to stick it in yeah. the right stick it in the ribs. <laughs> Knife between the ribs. Uh so they changed that rule so quick after that. Yeah, they would. Uh it is a great, great piece of news. If you're a college football fan that wants a little bit of expansion, uh, I have not read the detail yet on uh, I'll have to double check on if they're going with the highest ranked conference champions or not. I don't see that part of it, so I'll have to double check. But uh, the home site thing looks like it will be in place. So you'll have five, six, seven, and eight getting to host. And like I just said, did you hear the places that I just said it would be? Right now, it would be Horseshoe, Tuscaloosa, Knoxville, Happy Valley. I'm saying, like, this... In playoff games. How have we not gotten... I don't know if it was COVID or what that got these presidents and chancellors to finally go, hey, hey, Edgar, did you ever think about how much money we're not making? (laughs) Did you ever consider this? Why no? Yeah, Red- for people that are so money hungry, like how does this not make sense? Yeah, was exactly. That's why I ask. Is it COVID that took the money from them? What was it? Because it can't just be that they showed up. The ads went eight three on the vote, and then that got them to wake up. I don't know how. I can't believe that was it. But Maybe I- it's just a change thing. Like we're just getting so far away from what college football used to be and a lot of those old head guys don't like that from nil to all this expansion stuff like maybe some guys still like the old school bcs format if right. you're one and two at the end of the season you're playing for a championship yeah that's fair and then we would always have these weird teams that went undefeated that never got to play in those championships and be like oh co-national champions that was one of the dumbest eras ever no it was silly yeah i'm with you and uh, i always hated the arguments for the other side of it uh, I loved the idea of expanding it out. And now you have taken the games, the number of games that matter, from 3 to 11. That's what's going to happen starting in 2024. Why wouldn't you want that? And I know you're going to tell me. I know some people will tell me, come on, Chad, we may have some blowouts and playoffs. Yeah, we might. We might. You know where there's blowouts and playoffs? High school. You know where there's blowouts and playoffs? Sometimes in the NFL. It happens. Do you know what else it is? It's real. Yeah. It's real. Oh, you just talked about the Super Bowl yesterday when the 49ers blasted the Broncos 55-something. It happened. It happens. It was definitive. We knew who the champ was. Nobody thought. Nobody came out of that thinking, you know, I think the Broncos are the better football team, and that's not what happened. But it's real. It's actual. It happens all the time. Last year, there was, what was that Westlake-Vandegrift quarterfinal score last year? The Vandegrift people don't want me to bring it up, but it was distinct. Yeah. Wasn't it like 70 to 7? I don't remember, but that sounds about right for that Westlake team last when, year. When my high school t- won the state title in the senior year, shout out Waxahachie Indians, the semifinal was 70 to 6. 
Damn. The semi. Now, the final was close. Yeah. But every once in a while, you have those, but it was real. And that team advanced, and that team showed up. They screwed up by partying all night long and weren't ready to play my team. But that's not their fault. No. They played them. They beat them. Move on. That's what will happen. But I just love the fact that it's going to be some real football instead of more. We'll have a little less pageant, a little more football. And the arguments will happen at 12, 13, 14 instead of 2, 3, 4. By the way, what's y'all's new mascot? Don't have one yet. Oh. They haven't made them change. Y'all still being offensive. Okay. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> I'm just saying. How? Hayes did it. Dare you. Hayes, are, they're now the Hawks. We see the Guardians in Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, it has, has not changed yet. Commanders. Hasn't changed Y'all yet? just out here just wilding out. Not the, giving a damn in y'all's little ass town. When, the, when that Cleveland baseball team changed, that's when I realized, uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe about to happen, but it has not happened yet. We'll see. All right, coming up. Now you know if it happens. Now everybody's going to blame me. We know Chad talked about it on the radio. Zay brought it up. Chad said something, and then it happened. Brian Jones coming up at 2.05, talking SEC title game, some Longhorn stuff, and the expanded playoff. Up next, where are we at in society? Zay's got some NFL pettiness for you on the horn. Grizzly Bear. Did you do that on purpose? No, I didn't. Good job. You were talking about Coke Bear earlier. Our man Jeff Howe said the Coke Bear trailer's out there. And our man Kim Wilson of the fabulous Thunderbirds just said he'd wrestle with a lion or a grizzly bear. Just to have you, baby. Or just to have you, baby. I don't care, whatever. I love this song. Fabulous Thunderbirds back in the day with Jimmy Vaughn on guitar. Yeah, that's a jam. Stevie's brother. That's good. Look at you getting a 70s song right. Dude, this is 70s? I think so. It was this, on my 70s playlist. Was it? I thought this one would have come out in the 80s. I know I saw them in the 80s. I saw them, Stevie, and uh, and The Who at the Cotton Bowl back in the day. Fabulous Thunderbirds, Sodom, Fleetwood Mac, and The Police. Nice mix already from Isaiah Collier. Lots of stuff going on today. We'll get you some updated info on that expanded playoff. Uh, looking, I find, found some details that we were looking for, but didn't find them all. We will get back into that discussion. Right now, though, let's get to where we at in society and see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society today? Mr. Collier, how are you? Doing well, Chad. Doing well. Big game tonight. Excited to be at the mood. But, mm-hmm. yeah, we got some pettiness we got to discuss. Pettiness is good. And, I again, I'm I'm glad you're going to one of my favorite petty guys. Yeah, yeah. Kind Ky- of a petty king. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kyler Murray got <laughs> thrown under the bus by a former teammate, Patrick Peterson, cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, who's been a pro bowler a plethora amount of times. He went on his podcast, and they were discussing, you know, they're talking about Cliff Kingsbury, and is he going to be thrown under the bus for the lack of success that the Arizona Cardinals are having this year? And he, Patrick Peterson's like, yeah, he is. And the, I don't know the guy with him, um, 
Bryant McFadden. He yeah. was another player, right? Or former player? Former player. I don't think he's in Maybe the league anymore. Okay. I don't the name sounds familiar. Yeah. But he was kind of like, yeah, you know, Kyler Murray, I don't like the way he's been handling this. Patrick Peterson goes on to say, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Well, Kyler Murray responded on Twitter and tagged Patrick P in the tweet and of said, course. This isn't true. You are on some weird ish. Definitely didn't say ish. P2, which, or at P2, his. The handle, yeah. handle, yeah. You got my number. If you really felt like this as a, quote, big bro or, quote, mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Wow. Dot, dot, dot. Clearly, he does not think of you as, uh, he doesn't think of himself as a mentor or a big bro. Otherwise, he wouldn't have done it, right? Well, I... I felt like there's been some real bad blood and some toxic things that happened during Patrick Peterson's departure from the Cardinals, which has to be tied into this also. No doubt. Um, Yeah, that's that's crazy, too. And to go, I mean, you know, defensive side of the ball to offensive side of the ball, you would assume Patrick Peterson is the type that became, if he wasn't already a leader, he was a leader on every team he was on oh, on I, some level. I remember him having right? a C on his jersey for yeah. a majority of his career. So you got basically a captain-level guy. It's not like J.J. Watt ripping you, but it's right about that. Uh, it's a highly respected guy taking a shot, and even a Kyler Murray, who does, I think, probably keep to himself and just worry about himself. Even he took took the a little sensitivity yeah, because this goes back to everything Kyler Murray was dealing with before the season, from swiping the Instagram to the contract talking about you need to watch film more to the whole video game scandal. Like yeah. This makes that a little more truthful and a little more real. And we all knew that Kyler Murray is a diva. Like We've always known that ever since he was in uh, high school and he had the helicopter pops. Like You knew he was at A&M, and sure. those things there just probably left a sour taste in a lot of Aggie fans fans mouth so i i in a way agree with patrick pearson do i think he should have said it on his podcast uh, i don't know about all that that's a bit much but that's where we are in 2022 going into 2023 yeah see that's where i would go is is there an honor code that you want to try to live by here where once you're done with a certain team you don't you know you don't lay it all out in public in a in a podcast, but we're in a day and age where everybody talks about everything, and there are no secrets, and apparently there are there is no shutting up, and you know you're gonna you know you're gonna feel like you need to do this, and that was I guess kind of Kyler's rip on it. Like really, you're gonna have to you got to drag me through the mud to make your podcast feel better to you. Like that's what you need to do. He's a weird leader, Kyler Murray. I mean, even watching Hard Knocks, there's one clip where he's sitting. He's hanging with the linemen, offensive linemen. They're at some restaurant, and he's trying to motivate the rookie guard that got inserted into the lineup in that Mexico game. And the way that he was motivating them, I was like, is this this cool? Like, is this a – should I feel good about this? He was just like, bro, just go do what you do. It's football at the end of the day. Like, you can't give a damn about anything. And, yeah, that's cool and all, but – 
you're my quarterback. Like, I, I don't know. He's just a weird way of carrying himself. Maybe it, if it was somebody else, I probably wouldn't think that way. If I saw Tom Brady saying something like that, I probably wouldn't think that way. But it's coming from Kyler Murray. He just does things differently, and it's it's a bit odd. I, I saw what you saw. I saw that episode, too. It was like, wasn't that weird? It, I don't know how to describe it, but it was just weird. It was a weird vibe, and then also the added layer to me of Kyler well, he, Kyler didn't for sure at that moment know he wasn't playing, but he knew there was a chance he might not play. He knew there was a chance Colt McCoy could be the quarterback that week. So I just thought the way he was carrying himself yeah. was a little odd. Yeah, it was like, what you worried about type of thing. Like, why Why are you worried? It's football. Just go do what you do. Don't don't give a damn about what the coaches say, this and that. Like, dog, I'm a rookie. This is the National Football League. Right. If I have a couple of bad games, my career could yeah. be over with. And he had already, <laughs> he'd already admitted, like, I didn't even think I was going to see any time. <laughs> I just went from I didn't think I would play a down to I'm facing Aaron Donald. Yeah. Do, you, do you understand what's going on in my brain? Actually, at that point, was that yeah, it was Aaron? Yeah, it was. That was, it was, was, the week, the Rams, it was Rams, Rams. Yeah. So it would have been the week before the Mexico right. Mexico City. So the, and so even more so that week, Kyler knew for sure he wasn't playing. That's what was weird about that encounter to me because they were leading up to the Rams. This kid is trying to figure out how to deal with Aaron Donald, which he ended up doing very well, and they did a good job of containing him. No sacks for Donald that day. But, yeah, it was. It almost felt like Kyler Murray was adding to his anxiety Yeah. instead of getting rid of it. Yeah, it was and, and to what Patrick Peterson's talking about, like, when you're the quarterback, you've got to be able to talk to people. you got to be able to, you know, just you got to be more of a people person. At times, and yes, you got to be stern. And I, I kind of get with what he was saying. Just I don't know his approach that it can rub people the wrong way, and yeah, I, I felt like that was a prime example of it. Yeah, he's done. It definitely has done that. We'll see where Arizona ends up uh, after this week's games. They are in a tough, tough spot uh, going into this week. Uh, they are into their bye week. Finally, I bet they are glad to be in a bye oh, yeah. week uh, after all they've been through. Arizona and Carolina, the only two teams in a bye week this week. Great week of NFL football coming. We're going to be previewing that throughout the, the rest of this week. Up next, some college football talk, though, with Brian Jones of CBS Sports. They've got the uh, SEC title game for you, of course. We'll get his pick on that and some uh, Longhorn thoughts and his thoughts on an expanded playoff. Don't go anywhere. This is the Horn.